Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the very first episode of Get Genius brought to you by the Draw Shop. My name is Summer Felix, and I am the co-founder of the Draw Shop, and I will be the host of Get Genius. So a couple of things before we launch into the first episode is I thought I'd talk about a couple of reasons that I wanted to do this podcast in the first place. And and one was that in starting the draw shop, I found myself constantly fascinated by so many different entrepreneurs and businesses. And we've worked in just about every industry with our clients. But what's so special is that people come to us to get their disruptive or complex message out to the world in the most easy to understand way. And so we found ourselves really, really lucky in that we get to participate in all of these projects and see and witness these really different ways of of doing business in different industries. And it's floored me and it's blown my mind and it's really expanded my thinking. Our first guest is Joel Weldon, and he was instrumental for me learning how to talk on stage, which is, by the way, one of my biggest fears ever, and it, it still is. But with the help of, of Joel, I've been able to conquer that a bit with preparation and also with this, making a message that is impossible to misunderstand. And that's what we do at the Draw Shop. And you're going to hear more on Joel in this first episode, and I'll give him a great introduction. But um, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you about what this podcast is going to be about and and what you're in for. In working with all of these entrepreneurs and businesses, I've learned that everyone has some type of genius within them that in some way or another, we can apply to our own lives. And that's what this podcast is going to focus on. When I feel that somebody has something really super special that I want to share, I invite them on the show. And those are industry leaders, those are entrepreneurs, those are marketing and digital marketing gurus. They're people that know advertising and get what kind of hacks it takes to make your personal and business life the most effective it can be. And because I'm such a hack geek and productivity geek, I love taking all of those things and testing them out and then either doing away with what doesn't work and keeping what does. And those are the things that I want to share with you. So this is officially the first episode that we recorded. So please be forgiving on on the sound. I did not yet have my professional mic and equipment. So the first series of episodes may be hit or miss, but nonetheless, the content is stellar because each of my guests are off the hook and really filled with so much that you possibly can't walk away without having at least one hack to implement into your life. On this first episode, you'll here, Eric hosting with me. It's my my partner and co-founder of The Draw Shop. But that's all you're going to get on Eric, except for the occasional guest appearance where I share his genius as well. And we geek out on all the silly, stupid stuff that we tend to geek out on each day. Yeah. So enjoy this first episode. And mind you, I had no experience doing it. This whole journey is my experience. So welcome to that journey. And uh, it'll be interesting to go back and listen to the first episode after we're about, I don't know, 50 episodes in. It'll be interesting to see how this, how this manifests and how this progresses. So please accept that disclaimer and be forgiving. And above all, keep listening and enjoy the show. 
Thank you, Joel, so much for being with us today on our very first podcast, Get Genius. We wanted to start with you because Eric and I have learned so much from you. As um, anybody who's listening who knows you, you are known as America's most prepared speaker, and there's a really good reason for that. So um, to learn more about why, I'm going to let you tell us what it is that you do in your own words. Well, first, it's an honor to be part of this initial Draw Shop podcast and share ideas with business owners and executives and entrepreneurs and people interested in innovative and creative ways to get their message across and do it to a broader audience than they normally would meet. And of course, what I know about the Draw Shop with your whiteboard animation videos and the creative way you do it is very similar to what I've done, except in a completely different way. Because for the last 40 plus years, I've done two main things. One, as a professional speaker for corporate clients, speaking primarily on improvement, improving the quality of thinking when they're going through dramatic change in an organization, or improving customer service by having them look through their customer's eyes or improving their ability to sell value, not price, in a highly competitive world. And I've been paid to speak to over 3,000 groups, from 17 people to 7,000 people. And during that process of attending all of these corporate events, I've heard well over 10,000 speakers speak. Everybody from the President of the United States to star athletes to world-class business executives. And I've also been inducted into the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame, and I'm a founding member of the National Speakers Association. At the same time, I've also been doing executive speech coaching for many of the executives that would hire me to speak at their national sales meetings or leadership conferences. And it's really to help business speakers take their presentation skills to the next level by giving them a system, a plan to organize their thoughts and then deliver the message in a clear way that's impossible to be misunderstood. And I do this by helping them add even more humor to their messages, to tell their stories with even greater impact, and then to make their visuals really illustrate things that they can't do with words. And the end result is that the presentations that they make get the results that they wanted. What was their call to action? What did they want the audience to do? And if they have a great presentation, they see that happening. And it's been so rewarding to watch people who are concerned and nervous to have confidence and to turn stress into joy. And Summer, that's, that's what you did when you spoke this last summer to the Young Presidents Association, and you got amazing results. Thank you to you. <laughs> um, yeah, that was an incredible process that, that I went through with you because it's interesting when Eric and I have clients come to us, sometimes they're a little bit shocked by that they don't really know what message they're trying to get across. So they, they come to us, they want to do a cool whiteboard video, and they're not quite sure what it is that they're trying to communicate. So we have this really great 
process we call a creative brief where we kind of pull everything out of them and then they realize, oh, that is so clear. That is so succinct. How could anybody not understand what it is that we do? And it's funny when it's your own business, sometimes you get lost in the day to day, you know, things that you have to do, tasks that you forget. Ultimately, what is it that we're trying to communicate to our audience? And that's exactly what happened to me when I was asked to speak at YPO and I came to you, Joel, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell them. What do I have to offer them? What do we do? And you went through that similar process with me. And then suddenly it was so clear. And I was like, well, that's so simple. And it was, it was amazing. And if, if you can, um, when Eric and I first met you, you, you talked about, um, the sign getting on the bus. <laughs> what is that sign? If you could <laughs> go into that, because I think that's so important to make that clear when giving a presentation or showing a video or writing copy or anything that you're trying to communicate to your audience. Okay, so as our listeners would be thinking about a presentation they have coming up, the analogy that we came up with years ago is making a presentation is similar to being a bus driver. So here's the example. I'm sure you have seen or been on a bus in a big city. So imagine you're at a bus stop waiting for the downtown express. The only way you'd know which bus to get on is by what the sign on the bus says. So if it's a big city and it says Crosstown Local, you wouldn't get on there. You want the Downtown Express. And the same thing happens when you're making a presentation. Just picture that your audience is sitting there and they're looking for the sign on your bus. And, and how many times have you been in the audience and turned to the person next to you and said, hey, what is this all about? Uh, I don't have any idea what they're talking about because there's no clear sign on the bus. So this example is you as a speaker are the bus driver. Your bus is the presentation. The audience are the passengers on the bus. And the bus stop is the first part of your presentation, your opening, on how do you get your audience onto your message. So you need some kind of a clear statement of where this bus is going. And we call that the golden thread, or one sentence that summarizes everything you're going to talk about, whether you're going to talk for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, or two days, in one sentence, what's this all about? So if we put one sentence on this podcast, it would be simply this, how you as a business leader, a successful person, and most likely good in front of a group now, can take your presentation skills, your speaking skills, to the next higher level so that when you speak next time, you will get the results that you want. That's the sign on this podcast bus. So the clearer you can make that for your audience and yourself in preparing, the better. So speaking of preparing... <laughs> That's the big question. How, how do we prepare? How do speakers prepare? What is it? What's the process that you go through with your clients so that they are prepared and they know that sign on the bus and they can fulfill that sign on the bus? Great question. So when you think of when you're going to speak next, the first thing you need to know is who is your audience? 
That's the very first question to answer. Now, if you're a corporate executive and you're talking at an employee meeting, and this is your company, it would be pretty obvious who your audience is. So that's kind of a no-brainer. But if you were invited, like Summer was, to the Young Presidents Association, well, we can quickly go on the website and find out that these are owners of businesses, the president or CEO of at least a $10 million business with 100 employees, and they have certain descriptive things. But that's not really enough if you want to take your speaking skills to the next level. It's, well, what percentage of men and what percentage of women? What are the age ranges of those people? How many tech-savvy people do we have, if anything in your presentation is technical? So getting the demographics of that audience is the first thing, and that's, that's an easy thing to get. Joel, we have a lot of people who reach out to us who struggle with their message and being concise and clear with their message. And here's an example of one. This is from a potential customer. We're still in startup mode, and we have a marketing tech that is so great. We're at a loss for words on how to explain it so folks get it immediately. Our elevator pitch sucks. We're shipping and we have reference customers and now we're getting poised to conquer the world if we could only get our messaging across properly. The answer really to that is there are some products or service that everybody could use. Let's say food. If you had a food product, every human being eats. So in effect... Who is your market? Seven billion people, the whole planet. But if you're talking about, I just saw in Shark Tank, a better way to grip an exercise bar in the gym. It's not seven billion people. It's people who are serious about working out and go to a gym. So that's our audience. So the challenge that a lot of these budding entrepreneurs have is they think their product is for everybody. And the example I've used before is the best product to have is one that could only be used by men, six foot six or taller, redheaded, left-handed, who limp. Now, if that was the description of our audience, we could look around at the three of you, none of you fit. Okay, I'm out of here. We could go into a room of a thousand people and see very quickly nobody fits. But if we went to a football game and there's 70,000 people, we might find three or four people. And we know exactly who our target audience is. Once we see the six foot six, red handed, or he's left handed, he's limping, good. So that's kind of a long answer to you really have to, in your work, of course, do that because how can you make a great video? unless you know who you're talking to. So that's a great answer, Joel. And it really drives home the point that we really have to understand who our audience is, no matter what we're doing or what product or service we have. The better we understand the audience, the more effectively and clearly we can communicate. So what else now do we have to do to prepare? Absolutely. So whether the presentation is a live meeting or you're doing a webinar or a podcast like we're doing, the same, the same rules apply, knowing your audience. So, so now once you have a pretty good mental picture of who your target audience is, 
The next step in my system is what are the NFVs? And that stands for needs, fears, and victories. So now that you have an idea of who you're talking to, what do they need to be doing that they're not doing now in relation to your subject, where you're taking them on that bus? What are they afraid of or concerned with that could be stopping them from doing those things? And what are their victories? What are their achievements or successes? So if we were to look at some of your customers, the potential customers, the ones that don't have this clear elevator speech that you were describing before, they need to have a a good way to get in a short period of time exactly across to their prospects what they do. And their fears would be, well, is it going to work? If we use your example of whiteboard animation videos, will that really do it? Will I get the return that I want? And the victories are, well, what have you done in the past that's worked? You've had some successes. You've done other marketing things. So that process of going through needs, fears, and victories is the first step I do with every single presentation I give. So therefore, it's never the same presentation. Because even if it's the same group of people, and you go back next year to that YPO group summer that you spoke to, their needs might have changed, their fears might have changed, and their victories might have changed. The economy is much better than it was a year ago. So some of those fears aren't there anymore. So it's a constantly moving target. So now that you have your needs, fears, and victories, you know who who you're talking to, then you really clarify that golden thread, what that sign on the bus is in one sentence. And how I discovered this process a long time ago was as cell phones started to be developed and we'd have a break and I'd be speaking for three hours and I'd go outside and I'd see people on the phone and they'd be calling their office and they'd say, yeah, I just heard this guy Weldon. And I couldn't hear the other end, but I'm sure the conversation was, well, what did he talk about? And the person on the phone would give one sentence of what I just said in 90 minutes. He talked about how important it is to see change as an opportunity, and he gave us four ways we can think more creatively. I'll tell you about it when I get home. And that's when it dawned on me that we need this crystal clear golden thread in one sentence so that it is impossible to be misunderstood. And then in the system that we've developed, there are the 10 building blocks, which are how do you then organize this wealth of material you have? Because all of the listeners to this podcast, the challenge you have is you know so much. If somebody asked you to talk for about a week, you could do that. But they ask you to talk for 10 minutes. Well, how do I summarize everything I know on the subject in 10 minutes? I I know so much. I have so many experiences, stories and examples, statistics, illustrations. Well, once you have the golden thread, if it doesn't hang on that golden thread, you can't talk about it. So the building blocks help you organize that thinking that you have into different segments. Some of those are what creates the desire to act. It's how people are going to feel based on the message you have. Yet they also have to think about the message you have. So you need to give some analytical information, some statistics and details, just like you do at the draw shop. You can show them in a three minute video. We can cover this amount of information and look at some of the results our customers have had. 
and then you can show them an example. And that would all be part of a presentation. But the goal is clarity. And if there's any challenge I've seen from people who speak about what they know is because they know so much and they have this frame of reference, they don't think like the audience. So we've come up with the acronym TLA, think like the audience. Don't think like an expert. Don't think like a speaker. Think like the audience. And that's the beginning and most important part called the preparation process. One thing we've, we've noticed when we've been to events with you and we've seen speakers up on stage, sometimes you'll come up to us and say, so what did you get from so-and-so? And there's times where we'll kind of look at each other and like, uh, well, um, it, it kind of started out this way, but then it kind of veered off into that. I'm not, I'm not really sure what I got from that, <laughs> from that speaker. But then there's some where, like you said, it was so clear. Well, he got up on stage and he told us the three ways to get the most likes on Facebook. And he gave us those three tools and he got off stage and that was it. We knew exactly what to do. We knew which action steps we were going to take. So you have, you obviously have the gift of watching a presentation or speaker and knowing exactly what they could have tweaked, what they could have done differently. Can you give us some examples or at least one of each of something that was extremely successful and something that just kind of fell flat? So as you think of the presentations that you've heard, as a podcast listener, think of all the speeches, presentations, meeting you've, meetings you've been to in your entire career. There are some that you remember. And I think it's just because what Summer said, it was very clear. They said, I'm going to talk to you about three things you can do on Facebook. And by the end of it, you got the three things you can do on Facebook. So what makes really a great presentation is it accomplishes the objective it set out to achieve. That's it. So if you set it up in the beginning of what it is you're going to do, and if you finish at the end and accomplish what you've done, it works. Summer and Eric and I heard a presentation by a wonderful speaker, and basically it was 10 things to do to be a great dad. And those 10 things also applied to being a great marketer or a great mom. And when it was over, we heard 10 things. And it was a wonderful presentation. But yet we've heard at that same meeting other presentations that had lots of good contact content, but we didn't know where it was going or it wasn't relevant to us. You mentioned about the things about Facebook. But what if our audience was senior citizens in a nursing home who don't know what Facebook is? So that same terrific presentation delivered to an audience that's not on Facebook would have no value to them. But in this case, the audience were Facebook users. So therefore, it accomplished the objective it wanted to accomplish. Studies have been done on what's the greatest speech ever given in modern times, and most experts agree it's Martin Luther King's speech, I Have a Dream. 
Now, is it because he had a wonderful delivery or great content? Yeah, he had a great delivery, he had great content. But I think the reason it deserves that category of the best speech of modern times is it launched the civil rights movement. It changed America. One speech. And it was the rallying cry for a great part of Americans. And that's how you judge a presentation. So what, a, what, a, what speech are you going to give next or presentation? And the way you can tell if it was successful, did you get the results you want? If you're an author and you have a book to sell, did they buy your book? If your subject was expressing gratitude and the way you do it is to write thank you notes, does the audience write a thank you note? If you're a business owner that's just gone through a merger or an acquisition and you're standing in front of two groups of people that now have to work together that formerly were competitors, and they do, then you've given a great presentation. If you're a coach and you're talking about at halftime to your team about improving their performance and stop making mistakes, and they go out and improve their performance, stop making mistakes and win the game, then you know you've been successful. Or a sales manager talking about increasing sales and not selling price, but selling value and sales go up, then it was an effective presentation. So that, that would be the criteria. And how do you know it was a bad presentation? Because nothing happens. And how many times as a listener have you left a meeting and you feel good and they told some funny stories and they had a wonderful personality and you like the speaker and somebody says, so what are you going to do? And you turn to them and say, I don't know. I don't have any idea. So that's not a very good presentation. And the other part would be humor. I think humor adds a lot to a presentation to make it effective. And, and you don't have to be a comedian. Like I mentioned, I talk about creativity and innovation. And I talk about a plumber in Scottsdale, Arizona. On the back of his plumbing truck is this sign. In our business, a flush beats a full house. Now, that's funny. Anybody could say that. Or if I talk about how to use the right words, I would say this young man looks at his girlfriend and says, when I look at you, time stands still. Oh, she falls into his arms and kisses him. His buddy overhears and says, I'm going to try that with my girlfriend tomorrow night. But he doesn't use the right words. So he looks at his girlfriend the next night and says, when I look at you, your face could stop a clock. No, it's not the same thing. And, and you can add just to visuals, you could add humor. Anything with a funny baby picture or orangutan will get a laugh. And you can use things like that, animal pictures or baby pictures that get a laugh. And that's what makes a good presentation. So the reason I mention humor is humor energizes your audience. And it opens their thinking to new ideas. And that's what you want to do as a speaker to accomplish your objectives, to have them feel good and to be comfortable and not taking themselves too seriously and open to your new ideas. So that's how you know if you have a great presentation. Well, that's so true. And I think coming um, as, as someone who's been in the audience, I know for sure that when I hear the journey that I'm about to go on, I'm more engaged and I'm likely to stay tuned the whole entire time. 
So there's sometimes, you know, people come up and they start a story, which is great. You get involved in the story, but sometimes it's, it's that joke. It's the humor that immediately engages you, or it's saying by the end of this presentation, you're going to know how to do a B and C, and it's going to make your life better. And for me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to pay attention the whole entire time because I definitely want to walk away with that. And if I don't, then it's highly disappointing. It's like, I just wasted all, you know, 10 minutes, maybe an hour thinking I was going to get this, but instead it veered off into something else. So I agree with that. I think it's so, so important. And I think it's so important even when it comes to emails that you're sending. Um, and of course in our business, the videos that, that we're producing, what is it that you're going to get out of this? Why, why am I going to give this much time to you right now? And what will I get out of it? Um, so speaking of that, um, we're, we're talking a lot about knowing our audience, how to prepare, um, what makes a great talk. What about people that are listening to this? And they're thinking, okay, this is awesome. I know who my audience is. I, I, I think I can be prepared with, with all of those things. I can, um, insert some humor here, but I'm really struggling with the sign on my bus. What, what is that sign? Where should I take these people? There's so many different things that I do. I'm not sure where to take them. How do I, how do I make it something so simple that they're excited to take action after they've heard me? Well, that's a great question. And, and there are people who do struggle with that. And the answer really is going back to the NFV formula, that if you really have articulated clearly what the audience needs, what they're afraid of or concerned with, and what their victories or achievements have been, then what do you know that would meet one of those needs, help them overcome one of those fears, or reinforce their victories. And if you can't think of anything, you shouldn't speak, because nobody's going to care what you have to say. Now, the exception to that are what we call celebrity speakers, after every Super Bowl, there's usually an MVP, a hero, and he'll be on all the talk shows. Does anybody care if he's a good speaker? No. He's famous. He did something spectacular, and people give him a pass on the speaking. But as a business professional, if you're an entrepreneur and a business owner or an executive, you don't have that luxury. You've got to produce something. And if you can't, then you should say no to that opportunity to speak because you're not going to be effective. Now, if you have something to say that will meet a need or overcome a fear or reinforce a victory, then you start checking it out. So you come up with some of these key ideas and then make a couple of phone calls and call some of the people that will be in your audience. And whoever has asked you to come and speak can give you some of those people and say, Eric, you know, I'm going to be at your meeting, and I understand that one of the concerns you have is, since these are all business owners, how do we have more free time and more family time? Instead of just having the business run us, we want to run our own business. Does that sound like something that would be helpful 
to the people in your group, oh man, boy, you got some answers to that. I'd be sitting on the edge of my seat. Or you might say, well, we just had a speaker last week that talked about that. Oh, okay. So then that's where the preparation comes in. So it it really is thinking through this whole process. And maybe we should have started with some of the premises. And the premise of everything that I've learned in 40 years, 3,000 paid engagements, 10,000 plus speeches watching as a member of the audience, is it's all about the audience. It's not about the speaker. And the speakers who get themselves out of the way are the ones that are the most effective because the audience senses they're there for them. Not that they can't be selling something or offering a service, but Summer, when you talked at that YPO, that YPO group, you talked about how Draw Shop could help them get their message across, but you gave them ideas about communicating that message and making it clearer in their own mind and then therefore in their customer's mind. Yes, You had a service, but you didn't have to beat them over the head with it. And then you told me afterwards, they came up to you and said, tell me more about this. How do we do one of these videos? How can I get started? What's it going to cost me? That's because you met their NFEs and you honed in on it. And you don't have to be a good speaker. Some of the best speakers are dull and boring, but they have something so important to say. And one of our mutual friends, I won't mention their name because it would seem derogatory, but they love when I talk about them, is boring. He is really boring. So he he engaged my services. Uh, This is not Eric and it's not Summer, please. It's not the two of you. (laughs) Eric, I kind of sensed Eric was a little concerned. Eric was a little concerned. So in in having me help him with his presentation, he said, Joel, what do I do? I'm so boring. I said, that's wonderful. We bring that up in the introduction. So he had to speak at a big corporate event in California. And this is basically in not the exact words, but you'll get the feeling of what the introducer said. So our next speaker is, and I'll just use the name Bill Smith, is Bill Smith. And if you look in the dictionary under boring, you will see Bill's picture. Bill is perhaps the most boring human being I have ever met. Now, the reason I hired him as my website expert is because there is nobody I ever met in 37 years of business that has an insight into how to develop websites that produce the results that clients want. He is a genius in this area, and he's going to share with us at this meeting Five things you need to know about your website to make it work even better. So a word of caution, because he's so boring, if you see the person next to you start falling asleep, please wake them up. And if you fall asleep, would somebody please nudge you? And if you see Bill fall asleep, please go on stage and wake him up. So let's welcome the most boring website guy in the world. And then he walked out. They were hysterical. Awesome. I love that. So he stood there and he is boring. He has a monotone and he talks very slowly. Just what you would expect some nerd to be like. 
He said, yeah, I, I was out on a date with my girlfriend, and on the first date, she slapped me. No, I didn't get fresh with her. She thought I was dead. And they laughed even harder. Well, I'm not really dead, but I do have five ideas that you can use on your website. He got a standing ovation at the end, and they invited him back again to speak because he was so amazing. Because his content is king. But that's called the elephant in the room. Now, of course, our podcast listeners can't really see how old I am. But I'm older than most of the groups that I talk to. I told you I've been speaking for 40 years, and I didn't start when I was two. So I'm a lot older than people. So in my introduction, it says Joel has been speaking for 40 years, which means he's old. He is so old, his Social Security number is five. He is so old, he remembers when Baskins and Robbins had just one flavor. I mean, Joel is so old, he was a busboy at the Last Supper. But aside from the fact that he's older than everybody in this room, he's got more energy and so many creative ideas, and that's why we brought him, and then he goes on with the rest of the introduction. So that's the elephant in my room. So since my audience is younger than my kids, I can then connect with them immediately because I'm not taking myself too seriously, and then I tell a couple of more other one-liners on myself. Yeah, I'm so old that when I was in high school, they didn't have history. They only had future. And they laugh again. So so you don't have to be a great presenter. And my whole system that I've developed is about the content. Yes, delivery is important, but you don't need a great delivery if you have great content. Warren Buffett speaks at his annual meeting in Omaha, Nebraska, and 40,000 people go there to hear the oracle speak. And Warren Buffett, as you know, is the second wealthiest man in America, and he's the chairman of the board of Berkshire Hathaway, and one of the most respected investors in the history of America. Why are they going there? Because he's a great speaker? No, because of what he has to say that meets their needs, helps them overcome their fears, and reinforces their victories. And 40,000 people sit on the edge of the seats to hear what this slow-talking, fairly boring, analytical man has to say. And it works. Well, this has been so fantastic. I think that we definitely had a clear sign on this bus for today. And I, I'm thinking that everybody is going to walk away with some amazing tips and tools and great acronyms (laughs) that we can follow to make sure that our message is super clear, that it's impossible to misunderstand, and that people will take the action that you want them to take at the end. But before we go, there's some exciting, exciting new things that you're doing, Joel, that I wanted to talk about. And you told Eric and I a little bit about this earlier on this week. And I'd love if you can tell us a little bit more about some of the fun stuff that you're doing now that can further help our audience. And later on, we'll be sure to post some links and any kind of information um, regarding you and what you do so that people can get in touch with you if they need, if they need help. So yes, having done this executive speech coaching for decades, It really has 
evolved now where I have so many clients that I'm working with and so many people that you know in this genius network that are super successful people. And I work with them on a one-on-one basis. But the exciting thing we've done now is since I've been doing this in such great depth, I've now come up with an online program that includes audio and video as well as an extensive toolbox. It's actually a 178-page toolbox of over 50 tools. And we've talked about three or four of them in this podcast that, that people can read. And Summer, when we first started working together, you had no time. You hadn't even gotten the toolbox yet, and you had this program. So we had to do a lot of explaining. If you had read that, yep. we wouldn't have had to talk at all on the phone. You would have had the information you needed to do it. So we have a a brand new program that we're releasing, Joel Weldon's Ultimate Speaking System, uh, that's going to launch on the first of the year, that will have all of these tools in there. And there's still an option to get the one-on-one, which can be done just for a short period of time, for an hour, or it could be done longer. But the program should be self-sufficient to give them these tools, just like they've learned in this podcast. And then the video part for the members that subscribe to the program will be interviews with some of the best speakers in the world on what they do in very specific situations. Like one speaker deals with a youthful audience. How do you connect with younger people? Uh, Another one of these presenters is Tom Hopkins, number one sales trainer in America and the leading sales consultant in the world who's been a friend for over 40 years. And we just finished the four wonderful videos on how he connects in teaching skills. How do you present skills in a presentation and still be engaging? So these are some of the exciting things that are part of this program that Summer would provide you a link for. But there is there's one other thing I thought of that I could add when you asked me about failure speakers, and I didn't really tell you specifically, and let me give you a name because I think this is a tool that our listeners should be aware of. So I'll set the stage. And this was one of the worst presentations by one of the best speakers in America. And based on where we are at this time of the podcast, he could even become the president of the United States. And the man I'm talking about is Chris Christie. Now, Chris Christie is currently, at the time of this podcast, the governor of New Jersey. He has constantly been in the news. And as the new election is coming about for the presidency, his name keeps coming up. But if you've ever seen him speak, he's energetic and he's powerful and he's passionate and he does use humor. However, when he gave the speech, At the National Republican Convention, it was a disaster, not only in my opinion, but in many people's opinion, because what happened is he was a keynote speaker that followed Ann Romney, the presidential nominee for the Republican Party, Mitt Romney's wife, and she gave a heartfelt wonderful presentation. And at the end, and this was in the summer of 2012, 
she said the sign on her bus and talk about what we said earlier, Summer. That's why her presentation was amazing. She said, I want to talk to you tonight about the one great thing that unites us. And tonight I want to talk to you about love. And that was the sign on her bus. And it was a marvelous presentation. And she talked about her husband and her children, and then talked about surviving cancer and her battle with multiple sclerosis that she was fighting at that time. And the place went crazy. And then the next speaker was the pit bull from New Jersey, Chris Christie. And he comes charging out on the stage, clapping his hands like he's a football coach, bringing his team out onto the field. And he gives this attack speech on the enemy, the Democrats, and what we're going to do in this election. And then he makes this exact statement. I believe we have become paralyzed by our desire to be loved. Now, the audience had just experienced about 40 minutes of love and how important this is. And it was like he never heard a word, which he probably didn't because he was focused on his speech. So what is the tool for our listeners? Obviously, you're most likely not going to be speaking at the National Convention of the Republican or Democratic Party. But you're going to speak after a speaker. So the tool in our toolbox, we call it the tieback. And if you think like the audience, before you ever speak, you've done your homework, you have your message, where is your audience before they hear you? What did they just hear prior to what you said? That's where the audience has been. That's the bus they were on. Now you've got to get them off of that bus onto your bus. Well, let's say you're boring, like my friend, that's the website guy, And he's following somebody dynamic like a Chris Christie. He needs some kind of transition. Well, let's give Chris a great hand. That was a wonderful press. Boy, does he have energy. Now you need a contrast. That's why I'm here. So that's tying into something that came before. So here's the message for you as a listener to this podcast. Pay close attention to what happens just before you speak. And if the audience is sad because it was an emotional story, tie into that in some way. Maybe we should just have a moment of silence based on what Mary Lou shared with us before we go on to the next session. So let's just close our eyes and be quiet for a few moments. That could be a transition. So think like your audience and be prepared to be flexible so you don't come on like a pit bull after a session on love. So, Joe, as I listen to you talk, everything is very, very simple. But, of course, there are a lot of follow-up questions that I've had. You've spent a lot of time with Summer and with me. And just walking us through and helping us to overcome the mindset of we want to give people a lot of information. And one of the biggest challenges is, of course, distilling that information down to usable, actionable information and very clear and concise information. And for a lot of the clients that we work with, or even a lot of speakers, they're full of statistics, they're full of information, they're full of stories. As you said, they can go on for weeks and keep talking about their expertise. So 
as our listeners have questions in a follow-up to this awesome podcast that you've done for us, and thank you very much. Is it okay for them to reach out to you, or how do they ask questions and get those questions addressed? Well, as part of the Draw Shop community, yes, we, we have this wonderful program, The Ultimate Speaking System, and they'll give you a link to the website, and there's a great webinar that has five secrets. Some of these you've heard a little bit today, but there's a lot more information on that. And of course, as part of this community, there'll be a special offer for you if you're interested in moving forward. And also my email address will be on there if you want to email me anything. And I hope that you will take these ideas and put them into action so that your next presentation will be even better than your last presentation. And if I was to sum up everything I've learned in 40 years in 22 words, here it is. Speak to your audience about what they need in an organized way they can follow and get yourself out of the way. Make it a great day. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests. 